the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. It's today's headline news. With a Generation X perspective after the story. Sales of new homes in the United States unexpectedly fell in the month of February. Fox Business Network's Canel McShane reports. A record low for sales of new homes in the United States. The Commerce Department says sales of single-family homes fell by 2.2% last month. Now, not only is that a record low, but it's well below economists' expectations, as they had been expecting sales to go up. One of the problems is sales have not responded that much to the expansion of the homebuyer tax credit, so that really raises concerns about the housing market recovery. Connell McShane, Fox News Radio. Housing is not anywhere near recovered. You need to be very careful. You need to learn that a house is a liability. It is not an asset. Home prices don't always go up. There's radio shows out there that talk about real estate's the best investment. It's not. It's the best liability that you'll ever make in your life. It's a great way to defer rent that goes to nothing. You know, throwing money into rent is like throwing money into a barrel. I have a home. I love my home. I don't see it as an asset. I see it as a liability. Over the long term, and I spend, what, $3,000, $4,000 per uh, mortgage payment, of which uh, principal goes about 1000 So I'm paying myself $1,000. It's a great tax deduction. It's a great cost of money. It doesn't readjust for inflation. 30 years from now, I expect rents to be a lot higher, but I expect 30 years from now, my mortgage payment to be about the same. With that said, these, these home sales numbers, you got to change your, your view of, of homes. You have to. I don't care if they go up. Hallelujah. But they're not assets. Elsewhere, the United States versus healthcare. United States against Larry Flint. United States against healthcare. Fourteen attorney generals have filed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the healthcare law. A decision on whether I have health insurance, whether I even seek coverage, what type of what type of healthcare I want, uh, what kind of procedures I have. That's an individual decision. That's not interstate commerce, and so we believe they've gone beyond their power. And uh, there's no other way to stop them but to challenge it in court. There's going to be challenges in court. From what I've seen so far, it's not going to destroy health care reform. But there's going to be some some revisions that have to be made. Like, for instance, California wants the ability, our attorney general, to say, hey, you can't raise our rates by this amount. Every state wants that right, but now it's a federal mandate. So there's going to be challenges. Ultimately, I don't think they win the challenges. Next up, Detroit's economic problems and changing the culture of the city. That was the focus of Mayor Dave Bing's State of the City Address. Fox News Radio's Jennifer Kuyper with details. Mayor Dave Bing says he plans to knock down 10,000 dilapidated buildings by 2014 and open two public academies for students who want to go into the public health and public safety fields. During his first State of the City Address, Detroit's mayor also makes a promise to the city's police department. We're putting funding in place and will announce a new DPD headquarters in the next 60 days. This is also an opportunity to reopen the shuttered crime lab. Detroit faces a more than 300 
$100 million budget deficit. Mayor Bing presents the budget to the city council next month. Jennifer Kuyper, Fox News Radio. Only good thing to ever come out of Detroit, Kid Rock. Detroit is an armpit. Detroit sucks. The mayor, it sucks so bad that he wants to knock down 10,000 buildings to try to help real estate prices. Supply and demand. Demand's not there, so he wants to take 10,000 buildings and knock them down. That's fantastic. It tells you what, what, like, sometimes expectations really don't work out like you wanted them to. You know the developers who were building those buildings years and years and years ago? They never envisioned that things would get so bad that their homes and their buildings would be knocked down. Lesson there, sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to. And Detroit sucks. Elsewhere, the Senate takes another bill on their plate relating to our kids and what they eat in their schools. Washington will now decide what our nation's kids will eat for school lunch as the Senate Agriculture Committee is expected to approve a bill that would mean less frequent appearances of greasy and high-calorie foods, you know, the good stuff like pizza and Cheesy Mac on school lunch menus. The nutrition legislation would also allow the feds to create uniform standards for all foods in schools, including vending machine items. Jeff Manasso, Fox News Radio. Dear God, don't take away the Cheesy Mac and the pizza from the kids. It's the only good part of school. Don't take it away from the kids. With that said, do you remember when Ron Reagan, President of the United States, Governor of California, actor, comedian, all those things. Do you remember when Ron Reagan in the 80s called ketchup a vegetable? So in school lunches, if you put ketchup on anything, it was considered a vegetable. Our government doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Now they're getting into uh, health uh, school foods. I don't know if I like that idea. And finally today, Connecticut, let's just bleep that. Let's dump it. Let's go back seven seconds in time. Okay, do over. And finally today, Connecticut lawmakers are considering a way to keep young people off the state's sex offender registry. Okay, wait, wait. Young people off the state's sex offender registry if they're convicted of sexting. Sexting. Why wasn't that around when I was a kid? Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports. Teenagers are sending sexually explicit messages and photographs to friends. It's called sexting. It's the latest fad, but it's also a crime. You can be charged under the child pornography laws, which is a felony. And that's why Connecticut lawmaker Rosa Rembembus wants to change the law, looking at ways to keep kids accused of sexting off the state's sex offender registry. A bill under consideration would reduce the charge from a felony to a misdemeanor for those under the age of 18. In New York, Todd Starnes, Fox News Radio. Should it even be considered a misdemeanor in my world? Oh, good God, if anyone wants to sext me, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, as long as you're over 18, bring it on. Bring on the lewd conversation, the photos. I, no, kids are going to be kids. Saying it's a felony to send a text message, it's just ridiculous. How about this? How about parents? Take control of your kids. Parents, see what they're sending text about. So don't make a law telling kids can't do this. It's just ridiculous and it's a waste of time and it's a waste of our legislation money. It's just just a waste on everyone, everyone involved. Kids will be kids. They're going to get into trouble. Sexting is a sign of the times, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, okay, okay. Do you agree, disagree? What's your thoughts today? Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Don't be shy. Tomorrow night, Heidi and I are going to venture away from the comforts of our little radio studio. We're going to go to San Mateo from 530 to 730 O'Neill's. 
We're going to be giving away a 21-inch flat panel monitor brought to you by Geeks on Call. Bill Rockefeller, uh, he owns Geeks on Call. He's going to be there. He's a good guy. Tony Mendez from Barrier Loan Source, he's going to be there. Brian Cooley from CBS CNET, he's going to be there. There's rumors. There's rumors that Joe Cannon, San Jose Quake, Quakes play this weekend for the first time at home, get out, see a soccer game. There's rumors that he's going to show up to make sure that I don't cheat on him. We got a bromance going on, and in theory, he might show up. Not confirmed, but might. Anyway, anyhow, there's four ways to get in touch with the show. There's a call in 800-345-5639. There's the blog, talk910.com under Rob Black Show, where you can comment on the show. If it's a good comment, I'll throw it on the air. There's email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com, and then there's the Facebook page group, I Hate Rob Black. Go join it. I'll, I'll probably read from the Facebook page. Yeah, I'll take a look at the Facebook page for the next segment, as well as I'll tell you the five reasons people go bankrupt. You don't want to go bankrupt. You work from age 20 to 60. Bankruptcy will retard your financial growth and will make sure that you don't retire in comfort and in luxury. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. I'm Rob Black. I don't know. Did you see the picture of President Obama signing landmark health overall, health care overall, blah, 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 speak English. Did you see the picture where President Obama is signing a landmark health overhaul into law? They've got Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid and vice presidents there, Biden. they got a greasy looking senator who I don't know who that is, but they've got a little kid who looks like Webster. A little black kid that, like, hey, it's a photo op, bring in the little black kid. Looks like Webster. Just weird. Like, what's he doing there? Sometimes I don't get Washington. It just doesn't make sense. So let's check the Facebook page and see what you're putting up as messages. I have not checked it in a week. I am bad. I it's my my bad. There's a lot of messages. First one comes from from uh, Sammer says, "Have you thought about expanding your show to three hours instead of two? I find you very helpful to me and and others." And yes, I would love to do a third hour. It is up to the new program director, Ricky. Ricky. Um, but I want to do the third hour from 6 to 7 p.m. And I want the first two hours to be from 4 to 6 p.m. If I do a three-hour show, it would be 4 to 7. I will do nothing else. I'd do a four-hour show from 3 to 7. I'd work free. I'd work with a bullhorn on the side of the streets calling out talk910.com if I had to. Um, yeah, I don't want to expand my day unless it's going to be 3 to 7 and uh, it's up to, to little Ricky, little Ricky. He's he's a little bit on the shorter side, and he's, he's kind of cute. You know, being a shorter man, I'm 6'2", being a shorter man must stink, because you know no woman on the planet ever goes back to her girlfriends and goes, I just met the greatest guy! He's so short! He could fit in my purse. Short's never one of those characteristics, like funny works, tall works, wealthy works, but you know no woman on the planet goes, he's so short, he's so cute. Okay, now I've probably just offended little Ricky. Little Ricky from I love Lucien, she loves me. Um, oh, good God, I'm digressing. Um, Danny says, Danny? Uh-oh. 
Danny's the guy who does the Joey character. And he goes, hey, I'm glad your show made the contract. It didn't. I still don't have a contract. And he says he didn't get the axe. We all blackheads got the good leader slash radio show to eat up. He said the Joey character's been incinerated and hauled away in a garbage truck spewing out dirty black smoke. Thank you. The Joey character's dead. Ding dong. The Joey character's dead. The wicked Joey. The evil Joey. He, it was a character who got a little bit tired. We got a Joey drop to show you who Joey is. Boom. Straight out of Rob Black's nostril. <laughs> He's the guy who did that. Anyway, uh, John says, Rob, what's your opinion on the one-time Roth IRA conversion option for 2010? Yeah, if you have a regular IRA, you can convert it to a Roth IRA, but you have to pay the taxes on it. So you got to make sure you can afford the taxes. I would not do it if you don't have the money for the taxes. And I would not do it if you haven't really saved enough enough money for retirement. Um, a Roth is a great retirement vehicle that's different than a regular IRA. There's a regular IRA where later in life you're going to pay income taxes on it. A Roth is a great retirement plan that you pay the taxes now on your income, grows tax deferred, and you pay no taxes in retirement. So if you think you're going to be wealthy or if you subscribe to the view that you think taxes are going to be higher on old people, it's tough to tax old people because old people are voters. And you don't tend to see politicians go after, hey, let's lose the next election and raise the taxes on old people. I say tax old people because at this point in time, they're no longer working. They're just basically using up all my oxygen. So uh, Dirk Dirk says, Rob, I just had a baby girl and want to research good 529 plans. Any opinions? Yeah, there's a great one, a great website called uh, savingforcollege.com, savingforcollege.com. The best 529 plans and your kid doesn't have to go to the state school that you get it from. It's just a sponsored state program. Uh, The Utah plan's great. The Nevada plan's great. Um, the Hawaii plan's great. The Alaska plan's great, too. Now, Jimmy says, thanks for the tickets. He's talking about he got the Ted Baxter tickets. Sammer says, thanks for your Ted Baxter uh, impression. I did a podcast a couple weeks ago on Talk910.com, Talk910.com, and um, it was a super secret, not so secret podcast, and I did it as Ted Baxter. He goes, Lou, Heidi wants to say something. What is she going to say? She's putting her lips up against the microphone. Sorry, um, you just, you meant Doobie Brothers tickets. Doobie Brother tickets, that's right. Um, Jimmy says, thanks for the tickets, and I gave away Doobie Brother tickets last week. I'm confusing that with Sammer's email that says, thank you, Ted Baxter. Next up, uh, Tony on Facebook page, I hate Rob Black. Tony says, um, thanks again for the tickets. I uh, really enjoy your show, even without the goodies. Chad says, hey, Rob, was listening to the podcast today. Have you seen the knocking video app for iPhones? Listen to this. He says it allows one phone user to look through your camera on your phone as live video. That's kind of creepy in a good way, kind of a sexy way. Anyway, uh, Harry says nobody hates Rob Black except old people from Stockton. That's true. Tim says, what's up with the podcast not being up on iTunes the last few days? I've got I've got an iTunes podcast. I'm kind of a big deal. I don't know if you know this, but I'm at Apple. Apple iTunes loves me so much that I have a business podcast at Apple iTunes. Uh, It's under Rob Black and your money, Rob Black and your money under business. Well, okay, I guess everyone has a podcast. Anyone who wants a podcast can upload it to Apple. So I'm not really that big of a deal. We've been having some problems with our our podcast uploader recently. Um, It's a group called Liberated Syndication, and they've just been having some technical problems. It'll eventually work itself out (laughs) and or it won't. So if you want to fit, pay, post a uh, if you want to post a thought at Facebook, go ahead. Search group I hate Rob Black. It's group I hate Rob Black, and uh, post your comments, and I'll read them all in the air. Now let's talk about the top five reasons people go bankrupt. We can do a countdown. Number five is unexpected expenses. 
basically loss of property, theft, casualty, earthquakes, floods, tornadoes for something that you're not insured about. So a lot of homeowners, they're likely unaware that they got to take out separate coverage for certain events like earthquakes that like, for instance, when Katrina happened, um, Katrina was a big hurricane, right? But the damage that was done was via flood. So a lot of insurance companies said, well, your flood damage doesn't count because this was an act of God, a hurricane. Are you kidding me? Like a lot of people lose and go into bankruptcy because unexpected expenses, especially tied towards issues that are not properly insured. Number four reason why people go bankrupt. I'll do my own drum roll. Divorce and separation. Anticlimactic. Divorce and separation. Marital dissolutions create horrendous, horrendous, tremendous financial stress. Both partners go separate directions. You've got massive legal fees, which for the record, do divorce mediation. Screw you, divorce attorneys. Do divorce mediation. Uh, It's a lot better way to go as far as getting a divorce. There's a decree of child support. There's alimony. Uh, For every year, every two years you're married, you owe the woman, your partner, one year of salary, depending on who's the breadwinner or who's not. It's just crazy. Spouses just crush themselves when they get divorced. So try to marry correctly. Number three on the list of reasons people go bankrupt. Yay! Poor or excess use of credit, i.e. people simply can't control their spending. Credit card bills, installment debt, card debt, loan payments, they eventually spiral out of control. I know a beautiful, young, talented, 25-year-old, amazingly sexually wonderfully good-looking woman who's got $12,000 of credit card debt. And I'm like, do you realize you don't need those clothes? Like, guys will love you and pursue you if you were wearing a burlap sack. Like, quit playing into this dream fantasy world that you have to have expensive clothes to be loved or expensive shoes to be loved. Um, and, and men, quit thinking that a car is like a replacement for your height. Stop thinking, like, or some other deficiency that you might have. Stop overspending. Credit's bad. Credit's good for a house. Credit's good for buying a college degree. But credit for most everything else, it's, it's problematic. Number two reason why people go bankrupt. <laughs> I love my girl. Job loss. That's why everyone should have two to six months of an emergency fund. Two to six months of an emergency fund to basically cover your ability to find another job. So you get terminated, you resign, you laid off. Loss of income is devastating. Only good thing you've got going from age 20 to 60. It's not your sexy looks because that goes right. Right around age 30, it starts to decline. Gravity takes over. The only good thing you got from age 20 to 60 is your ability to earn income. So every one of my listeners who are between 20 and 60, who have a job. You should get disability insurance in case you become disabled and can't work. And you should have two to six months of an emergency fund in case you lose your job. And the number one reason why people go bankrupt in America expenses. Yay, medical expenses. 62% of all bankruptcies in America are tied towards medical expenses. What's interesting to note about this is um, some form of health insurance fails them. It bucks the myth that medical bills affect only the uninsured. 78% of people who go bankrupt, they have health insurance. It just spirals out of control. A rare or serious disease or injury, it can easily result in hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills uh, that quickly wipe out savings and retirement accounts, college education funds, home equity. 
Once those have been exhausted, people go bankrupt in America. So those are the five major reasons why people go bankrupt in America. Makes makes a lot of sense. Um, For the record, I love children who are one year old because, like you say, good job. Like they they walk around the house and you say, good job. They go, yeah. It's not quite an enthusiastic, yay! It's a, uh, it's kind of a muffled yay. Anyway, long story short, I'm out of time for this segment. Coming up next on the show, the stock market has roared in the last year. How many Americans do you think took advantage of that? Oh, oh, and I've got an investment idea that could quadruple. Woo! 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Don't forget, tomorrow night... San Mateo, California, 530 to 730. I and myself and Heidi and herself will be at O'Neill's Pub in San Mateo, 530 to 730. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. in life are free but you can give them to the birds and bees I want money that's what I want that's what I want Rob Black Show I'm Rob Black look at all things financial don't yell at me I don't come out I don't come in on my bumpers on time I'm typing email responses remember in the last segment I was talking about Facebook page it's a group page. I hate Rob Black. It's kind of like a fan club. There's 900 plus of you. Um, I'm honored by that. Um, I've got 14,000 people on my email list. I haven't been updating my email list because I haven't been doing anything super intriguing or interesting recently. But Samer said it, in that last segment, he said, have you ever thought about expanding to three hours the show? And I said, you know, I would do four from three to seven, but I'm done with radio. This is my last job unless I do a drive time show again. I will not work in radio again. I don't want to. I have no desire to. Um, I've lost the love for it. I love AM radio. I love talk radio. I will st- keep this job for a hundred years if they'll have me, but one more new project and that's it. I've done it too much in my life. Um, new projects suck. They take a lot of work. They take a lot of convincing. It takes a while for the audience to find you. It takes a while for the audience to get you. So I would do three to 7 PM drive time and nothing else. And I'm done with radio after this. If, if 10 to noon, if, if Ricky comes in here today and goes, I really think that Dennis Miller is really funny and we're going to give him one more shot and I'll be like, bye, see ya. And I'm fine with that. I will leave media when it's time. I will not stick past my uh, allotted time. I will not expire, shall we say. So anyway, a year ago, the stock market was down, 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 down. And I'm super proud that I got on Clear Channel. I said, bye, 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 invest. This is a buying opportunity. I oftentimes referred to it as that Homer Simpson episode where Marge goes and gets a $4,000 pair of shoes for 50% off. I'm like, this is a fantastic time to buy. It's fantastic. You want to buy when the stock market's down, not when it's up. You need to be counterintuitive. I don't want the stock market to hit an all-time high until the day I die. Or Wait, wait, wait. I don't want the stock market to hit an all-time high until the day I need that money. You get the idea, right? I save every paycheck, and when it's down, I save more. I'm able to buy more good stock cheap. Now, get this. Americans, they're a little upset about the economy right now. 
By an almost two-to-one margin, Americans believe the economy has worsened rather than improved in the last year. Amongst those that own stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, only three out of ten people say the value of their portfolio is up in the last year. Hold on, wait. In the last year, since last March, the stock market's up almost 65%. And yet, most people have lost money? During that period, a bull market has driven up the S&P 500, I'm sorry, 73% since March 9. The economy grew at a 5.9% annual pace, and yet the study says 2 to 1 people think the economy is worse off today than it was a year ago. And it says 72% of people are down on their portfolio. It's a very difficult turn of of perception to, to grasp and analyze. The poor performance, it's very telling. It tells you that everyone's stuck in a portfolio where they're they're fearful. They got too much cash, they're not invested. Even amongst investors with annual incomes over 100,000 who you might expect to let their financial holdings gel and, and be cool. Most say that they've lost money compared with a year ago when they say they had made money on a year-over-year basis. So economists look at these indicators and the American people see indicators in their everyday life. It's hard to argue that you know people observe in their own communities. The economy is tougher because of foreclosures and issues like that. So the the lesson here is you're a freaking idiot. The stock market's up 72% and somehow you're down. Do you know why? Because you're an emotional robot. No, no, no. You're an emotional human. I'm a non-emotional robot. I'm not lucky in love because I don't get compassion. I'm not compassionate enough. I'm not empathetic enough. You have a bad day, I say suck it up. Have a good day tomorrow. In the world of investing, you can't have bad days. You, you can't have, I'm so depressed, I need to sell everything. You can't, have, you can't have greedy days either. Like, woohoo, I made a million dollars, sweet. Let it ride. You can't be excitable and you can't be depressible. You can't. It just won't work. The way to make money is to max out your 401k every two weeks and go out and be that young, sexy thing that you think you are. You accumulate wealth slowly, and it works. When you start getting emotional, you say, I think the market's going to go, I, I think the dollar's getting weaker, I'm going to bet against the dollar. This time last year, everyone was betting against the dollar, and what's up? Dollar. It's up in the last year now. Because people got on that train, they got on that emotional train of, oh no, everything's horrific. You can't, you got to stop it. It's a killer. And, and when it kills you, it kills me. What I did in the last year is I maxed out my 401k. I stayed at, I stayed a steady course. I'm up 72% from the bottom. Everything that I bought at the bottom, I'm up 72% on. Some of the stuff that I bought at the top, I'm break even on. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, don't get so freaking caught up. A down market's a wonderful thing. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's sexy. It's, it's fantastic. Hey, did I mention San Jose Quakes have an opening game this weekend? And Joe Cannon starting in golf with San Jose Quakes? I digress. Topic change. Okay, so I hit that 72% of Americans blew it because they got emotional. Dick Bovey. And who doesn't love saying the word Dick followed by Bovey? He's a leader in the bank industry. He's a great analyst. And he thinks bank stocks will quadruple by 2012. That's an amazing freaking return. You invest a million dollars in bank stocks and you're going to have $4 million in two years? That's according to him. Now, he's a top analyst in the banking community. He's considered number one. He says these stocks are going much higher. The catalyst is the reduction in loan losses. 
He says they're going to have they're going to lose money this quarter. But watch the companies, watch their loan losses, not their earnings, their loan losses. He says the S and P 500 financials index it's up 162 percent from a 17 year low one year ago. He thinks the government has spent, lent, or guaranteed more than $8 trillion and basically saved these guys. He thinks the financial industry has seen a bottom. It's past us in write-downs. He thinks the subprime mortgage market that spurred losses of almost $1.8 trillion froze credit markets in 2008. Worst is behind us. Okay, he's calling for a four-fold increase. Am I telling you to sell your home and put it in bank stocks? No. I'm saying you better damn well have some exposure to bank stocks. I think he's more right than he is wrong. I'm not saying four-fold right. I think they got upside. I like Morgan Stanley. I like Goldman Sachs. When I say Morgan Stanley, I, let me scratch that and say, I like J.P. Morgan Chase. God, I do like Morgan Stanley. I do like Bank of America. I do like Goldman Sachs. I do like Citigroup. That's it. That's my list of financials that I like. One more time, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Citigroup. I don't like SunTrust. I'm okay on Wells Fargo. I'm okay on it. He expects the dividends in the U.S. banks are going to increase over the next two to three years. He thinks the worst of the loans is behind us. Got to watch for those loan loss provisions this quarter when they report earnings. Remember, companies report earnings four times a year. He says they're going to start going sideways to improving. Not getting worse, getting better. If he's right, go back to 1989, 1992, and take a look at what bank stocks did from 92 to 2000. They quadrupled. I don't think he's ludicrous in his statements, I think it's a little bit embellished. If I've told him once, I've told him a million times not to embellish. I think it's a little bit embellished, but I don't think it's ludicrous. 800-345-5639. Where are my phone calls congratulating me on one year, damn it? 800-345-5639. I've only gotten like four emails congratulating me. That's pretty pathetic. I come here and I, I give you my heart, my soul. I cry for you. No, no, no. Actually, that's the Glenn Black show that's on from 12 to 3. That's the Glenn Beck. He's the one who gives you his heart and soul and cries. I'm just the financial robot. It's 800 345 It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. She says, your request is granted. Happy one-year anniversary. And to that request, I say, Kasha, how about some nude photos? If you're in the mood for granting, woo! Funny story. Um, I once did a nationwide radio show, and I chose to give it up. And God, this is just this is one of those stories where you're like, really? People who are fans of financial radio shows, how shall we say, they're not young, sexy, 25-year-old girls. I got fan mail from a lady once who was 65 plus, and she sent some nude photos of her painting, but she did it in a, a kind of a, a cute way where she had the easel hide some of the private parts. Um, <laughs> do not send me those, please, dear God, for the love of for the love of anything normal and sane in the world. No porn over the age of 65. It's just wrong. <laughs> Sticking with our ew file, New York City chef creates breast milk cheese. Breast milk cheese, anyone? A Manhattan chef posted a recipe on his blog last week for what he refers to as my mommy's milk cheese. Ew. 
He co-owns a restaurant called Clee Brasser. And his wife, Lori Mason, a photo on his blog features the cheese encrusted with maple caramelized pumpkin and Concord grapes. His wife basically has a newborn and she's overproducing. He's got a small freezer in New York, ran out of space, decided to make breast milk cheese. My personal opinion, he should be arrested and put in jail for a very long time. And it feels like right after that story, a mouse crawled into my mouth and died. But before he died, he pooped. It's just awful. I will never get the thought of that out of my mind. Now, tanning beds may cause cancer. In what may be referred to as the big duh moment of the show, getting under a light that burns your skin may cause cancer. Ultraviolet lamps used to darken the skin may cause cancer, so says uh, U.S. regulators. And why do we pay for these regulators? Because I think that's a a no-duh moment. And also, the tanning bed industry, they're going to be the first one hit by the healthcare reform. Did you know this? A 10% tax on tanning salons. The growing body of literature shows a link between tanning lamps and skin cancer. Okay, I just throw that out there. This transitions me into my healthcare changes. When do they affect me? As everyone wants to know, when do I get my free healthcare? Well, indoor tanning salons are going to be the first ones hit with a 10% tax starting in July. And one of the changes Americans will see as a result of the U.S. health care overhaul signed into law by President Barack Obama. I think tanning beds are great if you're under the age of 18. I think tanning beds are great if you're 40 years old and you're a single bachelor trying to cruise the young ladies. Yeah, it's great because it, it kind of singles you out as a loser. <laughs> and it shows, A, the young ladies stay away from you, and B, it makes me look better next to you. I think tanning beds are great if you're getting ready to go to Mexico and you've got the skin of either Heidi Hartley or Rob Black, where we are pasty white young things who burn and fry. For everyone else, tanning beds waste of money. Insurers are the second people to be hit by the Barack Obama health care plan. They're going to be required by September to begin providing health cover- care coverage to kids with pre-existing illnesses and to allow parents to keep children younger than 26 on their plans as the clock has begun ticking on many of these laws provisions. So parents are going to be able to keep their kids up to age 26. My thought on that, that's retarded. It's financially retarded. You're basically telling your kid, I will nurture you longer than society tells me to. If you have your children living with you at over the age of 22, your child is a loser and you're a loser. Get the kids out of the nest. Get them learning about rent. Get them learning about the system. How's that for a strong opinion? The $940 billion overhaul subsidizes coverage for uninsured Americans financed by Medicare. Cuts to hospitals and fees or taxes on insurers, drug makers, medical device companies, and Americans earning over $200,000. So the third thing that's going to go into effect in this health care reform is Medicare recipients. They're going to receive a $250 rebate for prescription drugs when they reach the coverage gap, which is known as the donut hole. So that's going to go into effect third. Now, many of the changes in the bill, the bill's 2,400 pages long, are going to requ- you know, many of the changes are going to require most people to have health insurance. And if you don't, you're going to get fined. A lot of public policy changes embodied in the health care reform legislation will become effective only after the next presidential election in 2012. Asking you why. If it's so important, why not do it today? Well, because we don't know what the costs are going to be. Bill Gross, in the first segment of today's show, said it's going to be $500 billion deficit. 
Congress thinks it's going to help the deficit and cut into the deficit. I think Congress is smoking crack cocaine. I think Congress is wrong. I think this is going to be a disaster. Big winner is going to be attorneys. More people get in health care. There's going to be more people suing doctors saying, I didn't get the appropriate health care. Anyway, within 90 days, the law is going to provide immediate access to high-risk insurance plans for people who can't get insurance because of pre-existing medical problems. That's going to be funded with $5 billion in federal grants. Companies like Minnetonka, um, Minnetonka-based United Healthcare, largest health insurer, they're going to be banned within six months from dropping a person's coverage because of severe illness and from limiting lifetime or annual benefits. Participants in Medicare, they're going to get that $250 rebate on drug coverage. In 2013, this is a little further out, individuals whose annual income is more than 200000 couples who make over 250000 they're going to see an increase in the Medicare payroll taxes. In 2014, employers with more than 50 employees will be required to provide health coverage, and most people in the United States will be, be required to have health insurance, or they will get fined. In 2019, the bill is expected to have expanded health insurance coverage to 32 million people. So again, a lot of this not going into effect anytime soon. This was an interesting story from the, the world of light and fluffy. A patient, a person, a better way of saying it, a person was billed for liposuction that they didn't have done. Could you imagine getting a bill from a hospital saying you've had liposuction done and you owe us $12,000? It's depressing, right? So a lot of medical theft or a lot of theft ID right now is people going into hospitals All they need is your social security and your address and saying, I want to get liposuction done. But what's even more interesting about this is there's a lot of clinics that are starting to pop up and we're starting to find a lot of fraud where company or criminals, they're setting up fake clinics and they're billing for phony treatments. They're like, say, say, hey there, Heidi. Well, I'm not going to use Heidi because I could get sued. Um, Say there, young lady. How about I do some liposuction on that tummy of yours for $12,000? Go ahead and pay me and come back tomorrow. So a lot of people are prepaying for treatment only to find out the clinic's gone the next day. It's kind of like buying a a, a, a a terrier and getting a pit bull. You're screwed. You're not getting what you paid for. And in this case, they're criminals. They're not even in business. So part of that economic stimulus plan that was passed in 2009, it, it does give $2 billion to try to figure out, you know, health care records and protect people. Try to, you know, make sure that, you know, medical records are, are appropriate and that we are going after medical fraud. So please be careful, ladies and gentlemen, when you spend money on something, make sure you know what you're getting. I think this day and age of of assuming people's credentials are real should be long past, especially when you're spending big dollars. There's just too many people out there who are shysters. If you get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. I got four minutes left, four minutes left in the show, and basically I'm out of content. No, 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 no. I've got a stock tip for you. Now, hold on. Let me linger for about 30 seconds because everyone sticks around for stock tips. Stock tips are good. Everyone wants them. You get the idea. Linger, linger, linger. People meter is going to go off any second now. Once the people meter captures you, my ratings go higher and I become the ruler of the world. ATHR is your ticker symbol on the stock that I'm talking about as a potential investment idea. Now, let me give you a little bit more on this. ATHR is a Theros communications. It went public six years ago. At that point in time, there are one trick Wi-Fi pony. I like one-trick ponies, for the record. If that pony can do something cool like dunk a basketball, one-trick ponies are cool by me. But one-trick company is not so cool. 
Now, since they came public with Theros Communications, they've branched off into some GPS technology. They've branched off into wired networking, Ethernet chips. The company also seems to be working on six products, two internally developed for Bluetooth and mobile Wi-Fi, and three in markets, personal computer chips, networking chips, consumer chips. So they're trying to um, grow their product. Six years ago, Theros was a one-trick pony. They did Wi-Fi chips. And wireless fiber, which is kind of a little bit of an oxymoron if you think about it, wireless fiber, um, high-speed connections. They've expanded their product line, and Wall Street likes that. So that's your, your tip, your bonus tip extra here. Now, their customers include Apple, Dell, Fujitsu, Hewlett-Packard, Hai, IBM, Microsoft, Qualcomm, Sony, and Toshiba. Basically, the who's who of electronics makers. Their financials over at Theros Communications, sticker, symbol ATHR. Look pretty good. Let me give you some examples. Now, the stock has been pretty crummy, all things considered. But in the last three years, their revenues have gone from $400 million to $540 million. That's a pretty good increase. Again, think of it as you, if, if a human being. If you did that, you'd be like, woo, I'm all that in a bucket of chicken. Their margins have been right around 47, 48, 49%. So they've been pretty steady. So it looks to me if they can come out with new product, expand their revenue base, they're selling into a hot and sexy sector. It's kind of like a backdoor play on Apple. Not a front door play, but a backdoor play. And who doesn't like the back door? I like the back door. So anyway, um, I'm all out of love. I'm all out of content. Tomorrow night, one year anniversary. Oh, that's a Theros Communications, ATHR. Tomorrow night, one year anniversary, O'Neill's Pub. I'll get a nap in before I go. Um, raffle ticket. We're going to be giving away a flat panel Samsung monitor from Geeks on Call. Flat panel, 21 inch. So thank you, Bill Rockefeller, for that. Um, I'm going to be giving away some, uh, I'm going to print out 110 stocks ideas for the long term patient investor. I'm going to also raffle off one hour as a co host. You got to find a member of the show, me, Heidi, or an intern, and say, I need a ticket. We'll set you up. No charge. Just come out, be nice to me, say nice things. Don't punch me. Don't, you know, taser me. Don't taser me, bro. Stop tasing me, bro. 800-345-5639. If you want to wait 22 hours to get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. That's about all I got for you. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. One day is fine and next is black. So if you... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.